edition of the Dunamis Word Broadcast and I am your host Pastor Harvey Burnett and as always I'm glad I'm excited I'm just downright happy that you've taken the time to join us today listen the Dunamis Word can be reached online at www.bethelburnett that's all one word b-e-t-h-e-l b-u-r-n-e-t-t dot blogspot b-l-o-g-s-p-o-t Dot com. That's BethelBurnett.blogspot.com. You can also call us at 800-730-2990. That's 800-730-2990 with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests that you may have. You can also email me, and we love to hear from our listeners uh, as well as our readers of the blog at www.dunamis1 in fact I should have just said that dunamis1 d-u-n-a-m-i-s-1 that's the number one 
at netzero.com. And spell that net zero out. I had some people say it's net and then a zero. No. D-U-N-A-M-I-S, number one, at net zero, N-E-T-Z-E-R-O. Spell that out, dot com. And uh, once we see receive your prayer requests, certainly we pray over them. And we're thankful to hear from all of our readers and listeners from time to time. So God bless you real good. Listen, I want to talk about a pretty in- important topic today. In fact, I believe it's a vitally important topic. The more I've studied and researched, and I want to be the first to tell you, as I've told others, my thoughts on this particular concept have evolved. And, and I think uh, when I gave it diligence to really think about this concept, um, that's when it really you know, kind of resonated in my spirit. But in all things that we do as believers, we believe that we need a biblical foundation for what we do believe and even what we advocate for. And this is no less of uh, a thing that we believe that we need a biblical basis and a biblical reference. Uh, So we'll direct your attention to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 and 31 very quickly. So let's begin by looking at this particular scripture. Uh, Proverbs six, thirty and 31 says this, Men do not despise a thief if he steal, it says, uh, to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Now, there's a quite a few things that are contained within the scripture, and I'm going to be exacting uh, with the points that are pertinent to our conversation today. But the attitude of uh, of us, those who are uh, seeking God, toward them that are, um, you know, doing whatever that they're doing, um, should be tempered by the situation and what's going on. There should be some, you know, even though there is moral absolutism, there's a right and a wrong. Um, The judgment or treatment toward certain things, this particular scripture indicates, should be uh, constrained by, you know, what the particular situation is. The despisement of a thief means, uh, you know, if if a person steals, you know, there's some countries that if a person steals something, they cut their hand off or cut their fingers off or whatever the case is. But the biblical mandate was always not to go directly into corporal punishment or, um, um, you know, the most drastic or severe type of punishment, but to look at what's actually going on. So when it says despise, uh, uh, do not despise a thief, it doesn't. Uh, say to exalt a thief or to make him feel comfortable in his thievery by no means but it also suggests that we are to temper our thoughts uh, and the uh, judgment or the thinking based on that particular situation so there is some relative um, uh, value thinking uh, so to speak that we should have uh, toward things that happen but we find in verse 31 that no matter what the situation that does not absolve the individual from their individual responsibility or from what is supposed to 
happen once this thief, no matter what he was stealing for or why he was stealing, whether he or she was hungry or, or, or what, when that thief is caught, there was supposed to be some restoration. Uh, the Bible says, but if he be found, that's the thief, he shall restore sevenfold. Uh, that means restore everything and then some. Uh, so sevenfold means, you know, everything. It's an, it's an expression to say that everything was to be paid back plus some. He said he shall give all the substance of his house. So this certainly is a double way or double entendre. Uh, so to speak, um, uh, of saying that everything that this person has in order to restore uh, and to make things right, he or she should do. So the biblical mandate uh, for reparation is clear in Proverbs 6, chap uh, chapter 6, verse 30 and 31. Could not be more clear. If a, if a thief is caught, he was to restore sevenfold even the substance of all of his house he was supposed to pay back now uh, if we look at this in the context of slavery slavery if anything else is thievery and it, among other things uh, slavery is a horrible convention it, it, it's horrible uh, slavery uh, is so horrible that God um, led a whole nation of Israel out of the bondage of slave masters in Egypt. A whole nation. He took a great deal. Of, there's a book written about it called Exodus. <laughs> about what God thought. And I hear these critics talking about, oh, the Bible doesn't say this, that, that. Well, God led a whole nation of people out of slavery, out of bondage. Jesus comes back and he says, I have come to set at liberty them that are you know uh, captive uh, you know those that are are he held bound he's come to set people free uh, and we can go into all of that but slavery if anything slavery is thievery and the biblical mandate for thievery for the thief to do is to restore that which he has taken sevenfold even if it takes everything that he has in order to do it. I don't see any other biblical um, justification for any other or alternate thought if one believes in the Bible. Now, we have a lot of people that run around talking about they believe in the Bible and they're, they're God first, God and country. You know, they, they, talk, they talk all these cliches, but do you really believe the Bible? This, this is the question that I have for many of my fellow conservative friends, and I'm certainly a black conservative and proud uh, of that fact, <clears throat> but for many of my conservative friends, modern-day conservative, God, country, you know, do you really believe the Bible? If you really believe the Bible, then you would also believe Proverbs 6, 30 and 31 that says the thief slavery is no less than thievery you stole a person i'm not talking about you individually but a person has been stolen they've been stolen from their country they've been stolen from their land their dreams have been stolen their work and their labor has been stolen and it says that when the person who has done that 
the individual who has done that has been caught, they shall restore sevenfold even everything that he has. So if you believe in God, country, family, and you certainly have a biblical compassion, there's no way that you can overlook this argument and just relegate it to secondary um, uh, prose or, or something that's not uh, uh, you know, appropriate for today. Absolutely no way. And so when we look at this, we see that this argument has, takes on a different shape when we view it in light of the Bible and what the word says as we should do. As I said, thievery has happened. Thievery must be accounted for one way or another. A whole um, a section of individuals. Now, <clears throat> what has happened is, is that individuals have said, well, nobody is a slave now, you know. And, and this, is, this is what the critic often says. Nobody is a slave now, therefore, you know, we don't have that issue. Well, listen, it, it, it's not that simple. Nobody is a slave now other than, you know, than a normal course of doing things, uh, you know, working and all of that type of thing. We're slave to bills if we're not slave to anything else. But we are in a situation where this quote-unquote government our our governmental system that demanded and exacted these things in times past has never came up to their obligation and I want to deal with this real quickly uh there's a gentleman named Mark Levin uh who on the radio said um uh what the expression of many um of my fellow conservatives or some of my fellow conservatives uh have said uh that there was a civil war fault and that was um uh compensation enough for slavery no it wasn't no it wasn't you are off as a, a green moon you, that is the most unfeeling, unbiblical, uncountry and uncountry God, un, un, un God <laughs> fearing sentiment that could ever be said. That you can look at the anguish and pain caused uh, and uh, of of a people, and think because you fought a civil war, and there were both white lives, white people, and also black people that died in this civil war that was fought. You think that that is compensation to those who were enslaved and in bondage for, depending upon how you count, for over 400 years within this country that was being formed during that particular time. That is unfeeling uncaring and know that 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 uh rings more in tune with dixiecrat dixiecratitis than it does with any form of uh, union liberation concepts of freedom and the conservatism i know there's no way that those two things are together and if you are in that type of belief Shame on you, because it's not a godly or a biblical thought. People fought for the right to just be at the table. 
That has nothing to do with repairing the breach. The Bible says when a thief is caught, the thief was the governmental system. I want you to set the record straight now. We're not talking about wokeitis. The neighbor next door does not owe anything to anyone. But we all pay taxes. We all are paid. I pay taxes. You pay taxes. And and the government that we pay taxes to and that our forefathers paid taxes to and that our forefathers served as well as every uh, everyone else's uh, parents served owes or has a debt or an obligation to restore sevenfold because of the government's thievery in nation building. They have an obligation to restore and don't tell me that that obligation doesn't exist or is passed because people have died. I'm going to share with you here in our next segment, um, uh, you know, people died, but they were still paid. They were still compensated. So listen, I'm going to take a break here and I'll be back on the other side of this break with some more <laughs> of this, whether you like it or not. <laughs> God bless you real good. Take a listen to this. Oh! Now I am grateful, really grateful that 
saying in the previous segment for an individual to say and dealing with the civil war um, effort you know thank God for emancipation thank God for uh, President Lincoln and what he did uh, by signing the Emancipation Proclamation and this a very controversial type thing but nevertheless it had to begin somewhere and thank God that it began there but there was more to situations than just that there was a war fought to unify the nation and for governmental control and to end slavery uh, as in, in general. And, and, you know, a lot of people uh, may be, um, what I want to say, uh, you know, may dispute those facts uh, as well. I don't. But nevertheless, and folks are certainly entitled to their opinion on these particular type of things, but don't tell me that fighting just to give uh, individuals the right to stand up and, and say, hey, look, we're man, we're human, uh, we're people, and we're covered uh, under the uh, the great vision of this, um, what is being formulated as the United States of America, that we're covered under this, that yes, we have a part, a place uh, in this as well. Don't tell me that fighting uh, for that after it's been caused by that same government is uh, a reparation. It's not a reparation. That is just to bring things up to an equivalence. So there has to be a restoration. And that restoration came about uh, in the form of special, order, special field order 15 by General Sherman when there were certain uh, freed slaves that were identified as freed men, which still uh, is listed uh, as a as a category of individuals, descendants of slaves who were freed uh, when they were promised the 40 acres and a mule, um, uh, again, um, by special field order 15. And that was in effect until Lincoln was killed. That was, you know, that was what was going to happen, that there was going to be a reparation that the United States realized, that the government realized, that Lincoln realized there needed to be something to help repair what had been stolen and or damaged. And when Lincoln was assassinated, uh, President Johnson 
did not he you know he repealed this special order he did not let that thing continue and since then i don't even want to go through uh black clothes uh uh jim crow all of the other things that have happened we don't even want to you know waste time in this particular broadcast to go through those things but all of those things happened and they stopped the reparation and everything that blacks began to uh, bring themselves together uh, to do and to accomplish. You know, there was Booker T. Washington that was pressing issues. There was various ones raising up around the country. But everything that got synergy among the black community and black people, uh, the the restoration, um, you know, of this particular nation was thwarted. It was brought down. It was stopped in its tracks. And so black folks never did have and never gained as a wholesale community entity. Black people are not those who are walking across the border now. And I'm talking about walking across. There's been almost three million people uh, into the United States. Over two and a half million people come in uh, illegally that they've caught. And at least another million, probably from what uh, estimates have been saying, that are in the country now illegally. So, yes, it's, it's an issue. It's a problem. Illegal immigration is a problem, and, and we'll talk about that in another uh, context. But nevertheless, um, black people were not uh, illegal, and they were not immigrants uh, to this country. So any argumentation is trying to e- equate the black plight in the United States with those of illegal immigrants and illegal aliens. You're you're ridiculous. You don't know what what you're even talking about. There's no equivalency at all uh, to any of those things. Uh, But this country is not unfamiliar with reparation either. And we've got to understand and know that, that this country is not unfamiliar with reparation. And I'm going to talk about uh, a few things here that will, you know, affirm that fact. Life comes at you fast. Are you ready? We are the professionals of Dunamis Insurance and Business Services. For the best rate life, health, and disability insurance plans, and the most affordable fee structures for estate and business planning needs, we are the company of choice. For a quote or to confidentially discuss your situation, call us at 800 730 or email us at dunamis1 at netzero.com. Also, feel free to check out our website at dunamisinsurance.com. And remember, at Dunamis, we offer powerful solutions. So let's look at the reparation that America is familiar with. And I heard um, uh, this gentleman, Mark Levin, as I said earlier, um, it was just so unfeeling, uh, unkind. Uh, sentiment saying that the Civil War was reparation enough. Not nobody deserves uh, reparation. He said that the Civil War was reparation, and said that is not only stupid, that's unfeeling and that's unkind. It's not conservatism, uh, and it is more in line with the Dixocratitis. I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, uh, crazy. Those are not sentiments that we want uh, or that we embrace under any 
particular circumstance. The land of cotton, uh, the way the land of cotton, it may be pretty, but the duties of the land of cotton, and that's what that song was about. Slavery. I wish I was in the land. No, that's that Dixiecratitis, and thank God that that's gone. Thank God it's dying. But America is not unfamiliar with reparations. Let, let's talk about reparations within America. What what has happened? Um, in 1891, there were 11 Italian-Americans caught up in a hullabaloo. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to minimize this at all because it's very serious. But you can do the research on this. 1891, 11 Italian-Americans caught up grabbed by the community in which they lived and resided and they were lynched they were killed in 1891 they were killed the reports at the time said that this was the worst lynching in American history in fact some modern reporters reported this was the worst lynching in American history now listen to this uh, up until that particular time there had been some recorded 400 lynchings of black people uh, throughout the south and various places in the United States but yet and still these 11 Italian Americans were the worst case of lynching in American history this shows the disdain for black people, period, and the uh, disregard of their, their, their plight, their pain and suffering. Well, this is what happened. You know how long it took uh, before they corrected this shortly? They got back. They come back with all kinds of apologies and all of this type of thing. Uh, but nevertheless, for these 11 Italian-Americans that never should have been lynched, uh, and never should have experienced any horror uh, or nightmare that over 400 black individuals and families had suffered prior to this. None of them should have ever had to go through this. But it took them one year. They took the uh, United States one year to repair and address the financial aspect and to do what's called make a reparation to these people and you know what they did in 1892 the very following year the United States gave $25,000 to each one of those families of the people that they murdered 25,000. You know what that is at uh, today's rate? If we go back and use the inflationary rate, you know what $25,000 equivalent would be to each one of those families today? That would be about $809,000 to each family. And that's just up to 2020 based on an inflationary rate of 2.69% which that has been the average from 1891 until current times 2020 and it's even more than that now uh, because you know we've got this Biden inflation going on uh, but nevertheless uh, $809,000 equivalents $25,000 in reparations paid after one year one year you know what the total set aside would be in today's dollars for that it would be an equivalent of eight million nine hundred and two thousand six hundred and seventy four dollars for those individuals eight million dollars that's how much the reparation would be 
Okay. So we see 1891. Slavery happened before that, didn't it? Uh, I think so. But let, let's let's keep on going. During World War II, there was another uh, incident in which Japanese Americans were interred in uh, uh, camps because they thought, you know, because America bombed Hiroshima and was, in, you know, in, in the fight with the Japanese. Well, they hadn't bombed Hiroshima at that particular point yet. But nevertheless, because they were in a fight uh, against the Japanese, they thought that the Japanese were going to rise up against America internally and and undermine the government in some way. So they took about 120,000 Japanese Americans and also Japanese immigrants. And for three years, they interred them uh, from 1942 to 1945 under the um, uh, inspiration or the direction of Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, and uh, they put these people in various camps got them away took them out of their homes took them away from their families and they incarcerated them Um, they did not have them do any slave labor Uh, they paid them wages for what they did they had some because they had to have order in these camps so they paid some $19 and uh, $19 a day uh, various types of things like that you know the uh, money uh, you know they were not looking for them to make a profit certainly but they paid them for their service and work while they were in uh, these camps they fed them they housed them they clothed them uh, and different things like that because they were there for three years after the war was over about three to six months later most of those camps were closed and uh, this was part of the um, uh, civil um, well later on what became the Civil Liberties Act in 1988 former President Ronald Wilson Reagan conservative extraordinaire looked at these Japanese individuals and said that they deserve to be restored for what they've experienced and their restoration was about $20,000 a piece for those who had survived or for those that were currently living there was an allocation set aside of about 1.25 billion dollars under the Civil Liberties Act that $20,000 reparation that was given uh, to these individuals in today's dollars will be the equivalent of about $43,801 for survivors who did not were in a camp for three years who did not labor, who did not have their work stolen from them, but they were relocated, they were housed, they were fed, they were given money for salary and all of that type of thing. They were there and they were compensated today's equivalent of $43,801, a total package of $273 billion in today's equivalent. There was $1.25 billion at that time set aside, but with the time value of money and 2.4% rate of interest from that particular time, uh, one uh, of $1.25 billion that was set aside, there was $273 billion equivalent that was set aside for these Japanese 
Americans. Should they have been compensated? Yes, they should. They should not have uh, suffered, had to suffer or endure the things that they did. They should not have had to go through those type of things. Should the Italian Americans, those 11 families, should they have been compensated? Yes, I believe they should. It was only right to address and uh, a grievance is only right to do the right thing by people. So yes, these things should have happened. So we we got to look at it. There is a right, and then there is a wrong. Should blacks be compensated because their ancestors were never compensated or adequately addressed? Were never things were never set right by this government yes they should yes the descendants should as much as possible as it is to make it right well um, uh, you you know you get into all kinds of things people don't want to give black people money but it's the founders it's the black individuals their families that helped build nearly everything that we that exists today, including many of our major cities, our capitals, all of this type of thing. And yet and still, there's, there's you know, a dissension. We're going to talk about another one here. I'm going to take another little break. I'll be back and we're going to close this program out. But I'm going to talk about one more reparation that America certainly endorses. America is certainly for but let's see, you know, let's talk about that and and let's see if we can really kind of set this record straight here. All right. I sure would like it if everybody would sing this song with me. It's real simple. Matter of fact, go get all your kids. You, know, you can put on some comfortable shoes if you want to. Because you might want to dance. I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to sing about his love. Cause this love is a wonder. Can you say? What you say in that? When we lie down, when we wake up.
made it this far i just want you to know that we have been rocking absolutely rocking fred hammond's 2004 cd uh something about love and let me tell you what i enjoy all of fred hammond's music but some of the older music uh even back to the commission days commission is my absolute favorite group but uh nevertheless uh some of the older music there is uh, very uh, on point, insightful, uplifting, and a jam, okay? So we won't, uh, uh, don't you worry yourself about that, but we have just absolutely enjoyed that. Something about love, that CD was uh, filled with a number of great hits, uh, but your love is a wonder is right up there with them. I don't know that I have a favorite on that particular CD. Uh, they're just all so good to me, so... Uh, nevertheless, uh, something about love is it. So you're going to hear probably uh, some more of the what I guess would be considered now some of the old school songs. I mean, 2004, that's, uh, uh, you know, going to be what, 18 years It's 18 years now uh, that that was released. And it still sounds just like yesterday. So anyway, hope you're blessed by that. So let's get back to this conversation. We're examining uh, what we are talking about today, reparations, 
from a biblical standpoint, and listen, I'm not dealing with any woke ideology. I'm not dealing with any of this uh, this other thing. I'm not redefining words. I'm not talking about equity. I am talking about justice, which is a biblical concept, and restoration, uh, which is a biblical concept, and you can call it restorative justice if you want. Uh, but um, what I'm talking about is thoroughly ingrained in moral truth, moral right, and uh, uh, and that's what we are looking uh, looking at uh, this issue from uh, because it is a right issue. Uh, the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, uh, if a thief is caught, he should pay sevenfold and not only sevenfold, but all the substance of his house. And there's no way that you can say that slavery among all the evils that it is, is not thievery. There's no way that that can be said. But let's familiarize ourselves with the uh, uh, reparation that generally all Americans uh, uh, agree with. Certainly, I've, I've heard them, you know, talk about this, you know, ad infinitum. They, they talk about it over and over. And I certainly uh, agree. The Holocaust was a horrible thing. The Holocaust was horrible. There is no um, uh, really patriotic American that would say otherwise. The Holocaust happened between 1941 and 1945, and for uh, for probably about four uh, uh, years, and some people say about seven years, because of Hitler's crusade against Jews. There were about six to seven million Jewish lives lost. Everybody will stand on the rooftop and say there should be something done about that, and there should be. They would say that there should be some compensation uh, for those people and in uh, for those Jews. And there were about six to seven million lives lost. There was a call to make the good again. Making the good again make things right there was a call nationally there was a call by people there was a call everywhere to make the jewish plight right make things good and that was heard by everyone until germany beginning in about 1950 looking at 400,000 individuals of those six to seven million that had died Looking at about 400,000 of them said, we must compensate these individuals. We've got to pay uh, for what has been done here. This is what Germany, the former Nazi regime, looked at individuals who had been placed in these death and internment camps and summarily killed and destroyed, had their families and their lives killed, destroyed, and uprooted. Germany said they deserve to be compensated. That's what Germany said, and we agree with it. And anybody who says that they don't agree with this, we are quick in many camps uh, to call them uh, anti-Semitic. Well, are you anti-black because you don't agree that black people should be compensated? We'll talk about this some more. Let's look a little bit further. 
there was a commitment, uh, three commitments that had to happen under the reparation to the Jewish people. Three commitments had to happen. One, there had to be money given. There were three commitments, like I said, that had to happen. One, there had to be a reparation of money given to Jews and Jewish people. That was one. The second part was that there had to be a commitment to telling the truth about the incident. It couldn't be glossed over. It couldn't be uh, said, okay, we're, you know, not going to, um, you know, tell the actual story of what happened. But part of the reparation was to tell the truth about it. Now, I'm not into CRT and all this other type of stuff, so I'm not endorsing uh, that type of uh, thing in this writing. So I want to make myself clear on this. But the truth must be told that slavery was no less than thievery. It was no less than stealing from individuals and diminishing their life all the way around. And then they outlawed the Nazi party that was the source or the base for this uh, horrible uh, massacre against humankind that happened during the Holocaust. West Germany would commit over a hundred million dollars uh, over 14 years uh, to Israel for the atrocity of the Holocaust. There was $745 million uh, given to Israel with deals on uh, uh, German metals and, and, and steel. There was an uh, economic relationship that, um, uh, that Israel entered into with Germany and the German state um, to receive certain services, certain metals, different things like that. Um, there was $290 per month per survivor that was supposed to follow these survivors all of their lifetime. Over 400,000 people, $290 a month per survivor, or $116 million per year on average. Most recently, because of COVID, there was additional money that was uh, set aside or given to those who had survived the Holocaust. There was a estimated $662 million just set aside just to serve Holocaust survivors, you know, with COVID and what was going on to, and to help them be more stable and to supply their needs as well as take care of the health because of this dreaded pandemic. So, reparations for Israel for Jews has been long known to be an appropriate way to address the pain and the suffering and the loss of the Jewish people uh, who were in internment camps who were treated brutal, brutally and horribly for five years we recognize the pain in those five years and want to compensate for that as a nation as a world of individuals okay but what about slavery and the recompense 
within the United States. Okay, there, there, none of the survivors lived. In other words, you waited long enough. There was a wait long enough to kill off those individuals who had suffered as being a slave. And you think that because their descendants came along that uh, it's all right now that we can gloss over it. And we call ourselves a Christian nation. We call ourselves that. Or many said that. Uh, Greg, Dr. Greg Boyd uh, wrote a book, and he said the myth of a Christian nation. And, and, and as, as we look at it, listen, I, I still believe America is the best nation, the best place on earth. There's no place that I would rather go and or live. But when we entangle God in our moral value system and we have a whole segment of individuals that we can identify, trace, we've got records, we've got written records, there's empirical evidence of what these people have suffered but when we look at them and we minimize their suffering and we exalt the suffering of others as if those individuals are greater than the people that we can recognize with that are right next door to us their descendancy we look at their neighborhoods and communities we see that there's a difference we see how things have been set up I don't need to go into all those details. And listen, I'm not one to 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 rant about white supremacy. I I don't believe that there's any uh, supremacy that shapes or defines or holds us down uh, in life that Jesus can't handle. He is the supreme God. He will take care of any inequity. But I believe we must make a stand, and we must stand for what is right. I'm encouraging individuals. Uh, through this particular broadcast I've taken a, a while to do it but I'm encouraging individuals I'm encouraging Mark Levin change your perspective open up your mind and your heart on this issue stop uh, reciting the Dixiecrat theme we don't owe anybody yes you may not individually thank God for your individual success but this nation who engaged in thievery as a national policy and practice at one time. You're talking about, well, it's commens it was commensurate with the day. Forget about all that. Once you've come into the light, walk in the light. That's a biblical mandate as well. If you're in the light, walk in the light, even as he is in the light. It's time to walk in the light, the light of truth. And to address this issue and to put it down. And this is an issue that could very well determine the plight, the horizon of the United States of America. Because I believe any people that refuses to do right, especially by its people, you are doomed. You've doomed yourself because you failed to do right. Now, we made some progress with abortion. We're fighting for kids now. And, and that thing, I've never seen so many people wanting to uh, uh, line up and, 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 and kill kids and claim that it's women's health care. That's not women's health care to kill a child, not in most circumstances and situations. That has nothing to do, uh, taking somebody else's life has nothing to do with your life unless your life is immediately threatened as a result. And I understand those arguments. I'm not even going into that. But the fact of the matter is uh, we can recognize what's right in so many things. But when it comes down to the results of race-based slavery, the results that we're seeing, the things that were poured on top of that, the when restoration, reconstruction 
was 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 brought to an end because of bad policy when black wall street failed i mean all of these things we can go through uh these things uh these historical uh patterns and and horrible twists that happen in the united states and we become so unfeeling about the plight of a people the descendancy of a people yes there's been some successes yes you you have your lebron jameses yes you have your kobe bryants yes you have different ones that have been successful in their particular um uh, 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 employment or the the pursuits you have black exceptionalism that has happened uh, by far and large, and nobody is downing that. That's why I don't believe in the overarching premise that um, you know white supremacy is strong enough to hold us down. I don't believe that. However, we must recognize that regardless of our status, no matter how successful that we are or unsuccessful that we are as individuals, that because of our forefathers, because they suffered an injustice, there must be retribution there must be restoration if for nothing else other than for them is demanded it is is deserved last thing i want to say here is that we do recognize that it's right i mean let's look at what we've got going on with illegal immigration with the illegal immigrants whatever's going on first the federal government was Bussing people around, um, you know, after they let them across the border and all of that. We can see what's going on there. It costs to bus, it costs to house, it costs to feed, all of those things. It's the estimated, just by conservative estimates, is that every illegal immigrant costs this nation some 20000 to $50,000 uh, for entry let's say 15,000 some of you just don't like those numbers but each one of them are getting cell phones they're getting food they're getting things set up they're getting uh, moved into housing so reasonably speaking you can say 20,000 and up and I believe the number is even higher than that but if we just look at that what's happening this year we're looking at over 20 million dollars well over 20 million dollars that is being spent to repair illegal immigrants in this country. We are caring about Italian Americans, as we can see. I think that's right. We're caring about caring about what happened to the Jews in the Holocaust. That's right. We're caring about Japanese Americans. That's right. And then we've even made a law, an Asian hate crime bill. I mean, we responded to certain things just so quickly. We we've done all those type of things and you know that's tangential to this as well but we've come out of the pocket look at what we've given to ukraine you don't believe in reparations well you're 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 defending ukraine have given away almost a trillion dollars to ukraine over you know half a billion just this year alone and the year's not over yet and uh, you're saying that that's vital, that's important to our national security. Uh, it's not important. Examine your heart. It's not important, the plight of black people, your neighbors, uh, and what they have suffered. 
You look across the tracks, you look at the newspapers, you see certain things and, and you just say, well, that's the way that they are. No, they had a different starting point than you and your heartlessness. Your heartlessness has contributed to the issue and the problem. I'm sorry. I have to call you out on it because you don't really understand the situation. I don't believe that you do. I don't think that you do because I can't see if you understood it. I just don't believe that you could be that heartless in this. Your um, individual that's in your church and you're discussing these issues. Yes, this there's a biblical basis for reparation. Whether you're a conservative or liberal, there is a biblical basis. Jesus's whole dying upon the cross, shedding his blood was a, as a propitiation for our sins. This was an act of restorative justice to restore us to the place that we needed to be. There had to be a death and not just any death would do. The death and the blood shed of the holy and righteous one was the propitiation for our sins. So the biblical narrative is full of restorative justice restoration is full of those caveats and I don't have time to go into that and maybe uh, I will uh, at some particular point go into those type of things but listen we have the victory in Jesus name and I pray that no matter what's going on uh, you know the heart must be changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that's the only thing that's going to that's going to change our hearts, minds and lives. But let me tell you, we've got to commit to doing right and doing the right thing. Listen, this is Pastor Harvey Burnett. God bless you real good. Thank you for um tuning in to this particular broadcast. We look forward to hearing your comments um to seeing what you have to say about this particular issue. And we're moving forward in Jesus' name. God bless you real good. Until I've next broadcast, may heaven smile upon you. May you be blessed. In Jesus' name is my Now prayer. it feels like I will lose my mind. Journey long and lost my way. Feels like I've lost is all I say Searching here and now For what I've lost Where is it? I don't know But I will find a way to lift up my hands And I will find a I will find a way to 
across a mind Down through the years It seems that all I find here lately Is a face so full of tears I search each dark And empty place The peace I used to know Somehow I have misplaced Searching here and over there For the things I've lost I don't have them anymore But I will find a way to lift up my hands I will find a way to worship Love